Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Morning Skate with Justin Roth and Chauffeur. Justin's a former NHL performance coach, and we dive into the eight controllables in your life that you can focus on to increase your health and energy. This episode is brought to you by CanI Brands. To try out any of CanI Brands CBD products, use our code TMS25 at canibrands.com. That's TMS25. Hope you all enjoy the episode. I know I did. Thanks. All right, welcome back, Morning Skate friends and family. I'm your host, Garrison. Today, we've got a health athlete, all kinds of good stuff for you. Uh, if you're interested in improve, optimizing your health, fitness, uh, mentally, physically, learning about all kinds of great stuff, we've got a special guest for you. So I'm proud to welcome to the Morning State, Skate, uh, Justin Rothish. <laughs> you got to get that right. I know that's the most important part, right? Just I got it. Justin Rothling Chofer. You got it. There it is. All right. All right. Off to a little rough start, but thanks so much for coming on, man. No, absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here, Garrison. And uh it's you're not the first one to stumble upon that one. I'm replaying in my head beforehand. I was like, I gotta nail this, but <laughs> we got it. Um, but yeah, man, thank you for thank you for joining us. I know uh Can I Brands brought us together here on this one. Um, I myself studied a little bit of exercise science in college uh, before I transitioned over to marketing, but totally into all the uh, nutrition, uh, optimizing peak performance. I took a couple of strength and conditioning classes and exercise biz stuff in college. So um, definitely excited to hear your journey and how you got to uh, be a strength and conditioning coach in the NHL, as well as uh, all the stuff you're doing with Own It Now. Um, so I'm excited to touch on a lot, variety of uh, different topics with you. For sure. I'm ready. Let's dive in. <laughs> All right, man. So how did you get started uh, or what made you dive into this world of exercise science and performance? Yeah, so it was uh, even dating back to when I was 12 years old, uh, playing up with uh, 14, 15, 16-year-olds. And it was the first time that I hadn't really like stood out Um and I, I also all of a sudden looked around and said, like, people are, are, are good. Like it's um, and I said to my dad, I was like, what do you need to do in order to like continue to drive this? And he said he said something that has stuck with me and been my driving force was that talent will get you noticed, but consistency will get you paid. And that consistency was something that I was striving for and something that I was looking for. And. As I continued to edge into it, I started to notice that people that I was different than everybody else. Where um, I was, uh, when everyone else was studying uh, and watching hockey games and uh, playing video games and stuff like that, I was reading exercise physiology books. I was um, uh, learning, uh, reading medical journals, and doing things that just weren't normal. And to be successful, to get to a certain level, you can't be normal. It, normal is the, the curse of average. And 
that's never what I wanted to be. And so it was, how can I make myself more consistent and a better version of myself every single day? And how can I constantly grow? And that became my obsession. And so much so that it cost me my health along the way. Um, I was so obsessed with it that I put myself in the hospital, became, um, had kidney failure, liver failure, just simply because I didn't know what I was doing and was trading my health for what I deemed success. And it gave me this massive passion to be able to figure out what truly it took to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I'm not leveling up to where I should be. I need to own this. I need to own certain aspects of this. And at the end of the day, ownership became the prerequisite to winning. Ownership became the precursor to getting to where every single one of us wanted to be. And it, it, it took me on that journey over the course of uh, 23 years to uh, ultimately get to the NHL and spend time there and now work with players, not just on the mental side, but also the physical side. And then parlay that over, especially in the last three or four years, into the executive CEO and um, entrepreneurial space. And it's been so incredible to see the crossover because there's something that all of those people have in common and that they're looking for that win. They want to know how to win. They want more. They want more out of themselves. And that's why they're successful. That's why they're at that level. You look at so many people and they say, oh, I would love to train the people that you work with, or I would love to uh, be able to go present on those stages, or I would love to do whatever. And then you're like, you can do it. You can, but it's going to take this. And they're like, not sure I want to do that. And that's okay. Or you look at somebody who's in the NFL or someone who's in the major league baseball or someone's in the NHL. I would love to, love to hold that Stanley Cup up and celebrate, or I'd love to hear my name called on draft day. And you see them, you see that 30 seconds, you're like, man, I would love that. But yet you don't see all the work that was put in in the dark. You don't see all the sacrifice that was made. You don't see all of the intangibles that they had to overcome and succumb to in order to pay their dues every single day, in order to have the right to show up and get that win on that day. Right. And that whole story, that whole true meaning that lives deep, like deep inside me and like fuels me. And it's still an obsession to this day is what made me get into the performance side of things. Wow. That was, yeah, that was amazing. So you, you did mention that you um, like injured yourself train. Was it training too hard with hockey growing up? And did that play a big part into being like, all right, if I'm, if I'm doing this to myself, I need to like figure it out and help other people as well. Was that for me? It was, it was the, uh, it was that obsessive nature. It was obsessing about literally everything. And when I, I would obsess about the food I ate, I would obsess about the amount of sleep I got. I would obsess about, um, the amount of exercise I did, how many times I was on the ice, how many times uh, I would I would run between classes. I would uh, I spent every lunch hour. I'll give you the course of like what my high school looked like. Is I wanted to be as active. Let me back up. Everybody throws out what their secret is. 
there's, hey, 10 secrets to be the best athlete you can be, or uh, five steps to becoming the best version of you, or uh, five steps to a million dollars. There, there's no steps to this success. It's continually and ongoing. And so as a young kid, I was like, okay, I need to work out more. I need to train more. I need to eat less. I need to eat the right things. I shouldn't spend time sleeping. I So I should play as many sports as I can because that's what's going to give me the uh, ambidextrous nature to be able to perform at a high level. So in high school, I was in a hockey academy. I was playing AAA hockey. I was on uh, was on the football team, was on the uh, swim team, was playing soccer, was working out at lunch, was like yes. running between classes, was was not eating the right amount of food. And so my body literally depleted itself from 12, 13, no, let's see, like 14 through 16, 16 wow. through 17. Went from, as a 14-year-old, went about 140 pounds, pretty fit, to 109 pounds as a 16 year old and it was simply because i was doing things that i was putting in more work i was putting in more time i was quite frankly i was exuding massive amounts of discipline massive amounts of um grit if you will but doing it all the wrong way Doing it in a way that, like, why are you doing this? This isn't making you better. It's you're you're sacrificing your health for where you're trying to go, and quite frankly, you're going to burn out far before you get there. And that whole experience is what drove me to say there is a better way to do this. There's a way that is data focused, that is tangible and actionable, that we can move forward on, hmm. that gives us a greater insight as to how we can show up day in and day out and push with that level of obsession, use that obsession, use that desire to get that next win, use that ownership mentality to harness it in the right way and move in the direction that's going to serve us rather than work against us. Yeah, so it sounded like you're at that time just trying to do as much as you could and go as hard as you could. Um, and instead of this consistency, get better one thing at a time, just uh, keep it, keep it forward which you figured out clearly hundred percent. It, it yeah. was the, it, what was intended to be something that was a quality and a, uh, something that was purposeful ended up being something that was extremely, um, that, that could have potentially been your downfall in a lot of ways. And it's what you see in a lot of, um, the, the, the people at the very top, they have a lot of this obsession that you need to harness in the right direction and give this purposeful, meaningful, actionable step because they don't look after their base, what we call our eight controllables. Mm-hmm. If you are not looking after these eight controllable elements, you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to show up for the, for the race at the end of the day. You're not going to make it. You might win on one day, but you're not going to win consistently because you may not even be able to step up and own your own race. And then there's the other aspect of the people that just don't want to take that action. They don't want to own that. And it's getting true to the fact that you need to own those a controllable so that you have the ticket to show up for whatever race that you're, that you're, that you're wanting to race in. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's interesting to kind of put it into those two groups. And I'm sure there's a lot of young athletes, especially. Um, so I, I think of, you know, Simone Biles and the Olympics, and the Olympics coming up and all the, you know, incredibly talented young, young athletes all over the world. 
Um, is that something you consistently see just like with within your career and coaching that a lot of these star quarterbacks in high school burn out uh, pretty consistently? So there's, uh, again, there's, there's two ways in which you hear all the time. There's like you work harder or you work smarter. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of people where you do have to work harder. You, you do. And that's what you have to own. Like I have to be better. I truly have to come back to the eight controllables and I have to work harder because I just simply haven't done it. It's something that I haven't earned the right to win yet. I just haven't earned it. Mm-hmm. And we think that we're entitled to something that hasn't yet gifted us. Like you winning. It doesn't owe you anything. Winning right. does not, you win once. Great. All it cares about is what you're doing today. It doesn't care what you did yesterday. And there's a foundation that we continually have to come back to. And those eight controllables that I speak to are, are, are things that they're, they're not rocket science, but they're things that from a data-driven standpoint, we can come back to, to truly figure out how do we play your game? How do we run your race? And it's sleep, exercise, nutrition, hydration, self-care, immune function, and uh, environment and mindset. And we get when we get so clear on those, those can become your controllables. And what happens when we control something? It builds confidence in us. Right. Because when we hit them every single day, we're having little wins across the board. Mm-hmm. So as we now come into some major change where we have to make some major performance or we have to lean into something that extends us, that challenges us, that 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 is on our way to that bigger win for us. We've already got all these little wins along the way. And we know whether we win or whether we lose, we're going to wound up in the same spot the very next day when we wake up. Right. And coming back to the data, coming back to the science, coming back to the, 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 the intangibles that mean something to us and nobody else, that's how we're able to ultimately create change that's meaningful, purposeful, actionable, that's going to drive us in the direction that we're truly looking at going. Wow. So th- our audience is kind of a lot of um, either players that are younger and still competing and then also guys like myself who are uh, you know, beer league retired, um, but are also, you know, trying to get better in, you know, just day-to-day stuff, keeping active and then business as well. I know um, own it focuses a lot on that, but could you speak to these eight controllables and um, a little bit more about what they are and how someone like a 28 year old guy like myself or anyone listening could um, optimize those things? Totally. So it's, when it comes to these eight controllables is they're nothing outside of what we should already be doing. If we're not focused on the quality of sleep we're getting, if we're not focused on exercising every day, if we're not focused on the type of food we're eating, the way we're hydrating, the environment and the people we're around day in and day out, the mindset that we show up with on a day-to-day basis, uh, our immune function and how we operate, the self-care that we provide ourselves. Do we meditate? Do we uh, give ourselves time to regen and really get um, re-energized midday? If we're not doing that, if these aren't things that are, are, are the foundation to us, we aren't paying our dues every single day hmm. we, and we have to look ourselves in the mirror and we have to, we have to own it and say, I have to be better. 
if I want to get here, it's about setting your setting what it is that your priorities are. What is that goal? What does that win look like to you? Hmm. And knowing that it's going to take something to get there. And it's asking yourself, am I willing to do what it takes to get there? And if the answer is no, that's okay. It's okay. But we need to be able to understand that that baseline, that that bottom of the pyramid is the prerequisite to anything that we're aspiring to and anything that we're aspiring to on a continual basis. You want to build a million dollar company? We've got nine figure entrepreneurs we work with daily that once they got those, those foundations and those eight variables in their life dialed into them, not only did they become, I mean, financially, they don't need anymore. (laughs) They're set. But not only did they become more energetic, were they able to do more? Were they able to serve more? Were they able to be um, uh, happier overall? But the success in which they found, the frequency in which the wins started to come, Hmm. doubled, tripled, quadrupled along the way. Yeah, it's like it's simply because they get back to the base of what they needed to do. They're operating at 50% of themselves. Wow. We've, got, we've got entrepreneurs who were, uh, we've got an executive who was running a half a billion dollar company. Uh, to get to that point, he had done what that 13, 14 year old kid of myself did. He gave all of himself to the company and had nothing left of himself. He was, hmm. he was read his death rights or his, um, uh, by, uh, while, while laying in a hospital bed. But all of a sudden we come back to these foundational eight principles and it completely changes the way he shows up. Not only does he take the business from a half a billion dollars to a billion dollar company, but he's now reaping the benefits of it. He can share it with his family more. He has more time for himself. He feels better. He's more aware of everything else around him. He's functioning as a better human being. Simply because he had to look himself in the mirror and he had to own that, you know what? I'm not doing what I'm doing. I'm actually being extremely selfish with my choices because I'm not going to be here for those who actually need me. I'm not able to actually perform the way I'm wanting to. I'm not leading the way that I'm wanting to. And by not doing that, ultimately, you're you're not helping those around you. The thing is, is the more that we win as, as individuals, the more everybody else around us wins. Right. The more successful everybody all around us comes. It's kind of um, like a magnet too. Like people, I, I'm three years sober and now people are coming asking for me or like, it's, it's not like I have to go out and tell my friends, yo, you should be sober. But it's like, um, they can kind of lead by, it's like a lead by example thing where people will come up and be like, yo, like, how do you do it? Or, you know, and it just kind of my inner circle can, you know, be better because of it, I guess. And Garrison, you bring up a really cool point there is sobriety is something that you probably notice a difference in mental clarity. You notice a difference in the way you function. You notice a difference in your energy level. You notice the, the difference in the, um, the responsibility you can take on. You mm-hmm. notice the difference in the way you can serve other people. Yeah. And so that's not something you need to just talk about. That's something that you can go and now you're leading from actual action. You're, you're living example, living proof of what, of what that occurs. And that whole, and what you're just talking about lives in your controllable factor, lives in the type of lifestyle you have. 
And that whole basis, that level of, of, of controllable influences what you're able to own as you level up. Hmm. You're living in that ownership space. So you now are, get, again, are deserving of, are earning of, are prerequisite of any win that you're going for. And the wins now come more consistently. They come more sustainably. What do, I'm curious, what do you notice hmm. since that? different improvements in your life, different things that have come into your life, different wins that you've gotten along the way. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, my sobriety kind of came from a, um, you know, a reaction to, uh, synthetic marijuana years ago, but because of that, it forced me to just be like, I'm not going to do any of that type of things anymore. Um, but it, I mean, I'm mentally way clear. I'm, I'm faster on the ice. I, my relationship, the biggest thing is probably the relationships with my family, friends, and girlfriend. Um, and just, uh, I, I'm, I'm not eating fast food. I'm not staying up late. I'm not um, spending, you know, money at the bar. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting good sleep and I'm you know, eating very well as well. So I just. Well, all of the, so all of, so the wins that you could say from what you just mentioned to me is you have more money in your bank account. Yeah, I mean my yeah my business life is also vastly- your business is growing. Yeah, you have better relationships. You're probably a happier person. Definitely. You are engaging in things that are you, you're having wins that are now matriculating on top of each other. Right. And when someone comes to you and you want to learn in your business, and someone says, "Hey, Garrison, what about trying something like this?" you're able to step up and own where it is that you can level up and get better as well, because you're looking after that basis. So if you come back to it, these controllables that are derived specifically to you that we measure through data so that we're not just doing, we're not, what we say is we're not playing the guru's game. We're playing your game because who knows the rules to your game better than you. We can ultimately say, Hey, we can now program these eight controllables and ownership and that mentality in which we show up with to win sustainably can actually be manufactured. It's yeah. no longer something that we're just think more positively. Right. <laughs> uh, do this morning routine because this is what billionaires do. This is what your NHL athletes do. No, it's what does it need to be for you so that we look after the base and we can move forward in a positive direction. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for that. The um. So I, I think this kind of, segues nice into the wearable technology and the data side um because i i definitely want to get into that so like say i have these eight bases covered um i have an apple watch but i don't really fully use it or i know the um i've heard you talk about it and a lot of people just kind of try to hit ten thousand steps try to close their rings they just um have all this information but it doesn't really I, i guess uh you know, just reading up on your website, it seems like your premise is to take this, all this information that we have, being it so much with all these wearables and um, put it into action and like actually figure out how that's going to uh, propel us. Totally. And that's, it's, it's a great point is if it was only about information, we'd all be billionaires with six packs, but that's not the case because there's a massive content piece that comes to how do we apply it? How do we apply it to us? How do we apply it to us as individuals? How do we apply it to you as an individual? 
And once we understand that, once we figure out that there is some level of discrepancy there, that there is some level of how does this measure up? How does this create something greater for me? We're able to go, ah, these data points mean X. Quite frankly, with all these wearable pieces of technology, it's what I was using with our NHL guys in 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, as ba- so as far back as 10, yeah. 12, 14 years ago, when they, for a single piece of wearable technology, cost you 500 bucks. And you're looking at this data, you're interpreting it. I still remember uh, when I started at Miami of Ohio, I'd be on the bench going live with all 20 guys looking at um, heart rates, looking at uh, GPS data, looking at collision rates, looking at uh, Hmm. speed efficiency drop-offs, and then taking each players and overlapping the data with the game data, with the shift data that I would then measure and look at until three, four, five o'clock in the morning, only to come back and do that again the very next day. Like my weekends were spent looking at this information and applying it on our recovery protocols the next morning for morning skate, the recovery protocols for the players the next day before the following game on Saturdays. How do we then structure the weeks so that we're coming into the games on Friday and Saturday at the most efficient rates possible? How do we do this throughout the course of the year so that we're peaking come playoff and tournament time? And then now correlating that back over into the NHL world where now it's like, how do we do it in the off season? So coming into now, preseason we can now do this leading into the 82 game schedule now leading into playoffs and ultimately the quest for the cup at the end of the day so that that is the application of data and all of that data that was aggregated has now been made accessible to each one of us that a lot of us don't know the difference between an apple and an avocado and we're being given this data and said hey here you go now apply it and it becomes very confusing very quickly And that's what we do through own it. That's what we ultimately allow people to do is take data driven information along with the mindsets that are needed from ownership and apply them to our lives to transcend the way we get results consistently. That's that's fascinating. Um, Just, you know, that, that last piece, but also like, so you're, your job essentially in the NHL on like more of a micro level would be like, Hey, Ryan gets had a high collision rate. He worked way harder than he normally does at this percent. You overlay that with the um, time on ice, things like that and apply it the next morning. to like, let's use these tactics in recovery um, or like kind of give him some more time. Is that, quite that like, yes. And then we would look at it from the team side as to, okay, what, uh, what drills elicit certain training loads so that we'll stay away from these drills, focus more on this type of day, focus more on this type of day. Yeah. And the overarching metric that we would use to track a vegetable player as to how they were adapting to the loads in which they're being placed under is HRV, which stands for heart rate variability. And so with each and every guy, that's what we were looking at. And so we start to know mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, what type of stress these guys were under and how well the body was adapting. Is there something, uh, and then that's where the eight controllables come in. HRV is a full metric, full understanding of how these eight controllables impact us. Mm-hmm. And by understanding these eight controllables, we are able to now know where we need to focus. So if, for example, uh, we had a player whose HRV was starting to plummet, 
we were uh, all of his in-game data looked good. All of his practice data looked good. We were getting him the nutrition he needed at the rink. He was getting his supplements. He was getting his massages. Uh, we'd start to take a look. Hey, how are you sleeping? What's your night routine look like? What's your relationship at home? Is there is, do you have is there a new baby? Is there struggles in the relationship side? Is there something going on uh, from a family side? Is there something you're dealing with that we don't know about that we can help you with? Mm-hmm. Is there something that we need to give you in terms of a day off? And start asking the right questions. Data allows us to ask better questions. Better questions get us better answers. Better answers get us better results. And that's what we are able to do along the course of this whole um, scenario that's no longer just dealing with the top of the pyramid of, hey, we need an action plan and we need to win. That's it. No, it's there's so much more that comes to the bottom of it. And it starts with those eight controllables that have data-driven metrics behind them that give us a purposeful action step to each and every single thing that we do. Um, yeah, that's, that's so fascinating. Um, so with, with these... Um, just controllables. I know I've heard I've heard you on a couple other podcasts talk about um, drinking half your body weight in ounces of water per day. Um, the five 90-minute sleep cycles. Um, could you kind of touch on some more tactical things um, like that within the eight controllables? Yeah, totally. And so we come to like these default habits, right? Like ones that uh, are scientifically derived, but may work for others, may work, may not work for others. And there's so many tools out there that span all of these, um, these tactics and factors. And I love every single, every single tool. Paleo. I love it. Cold water immersion. I love it. Intermittent fasting. I love it. High intensity interval training. I love it. Uh, Saunas. I love it. Meditation, I love it. Uh, interpretive dance, if that's what you're into, I love it. But I don't love everything for everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what the data allows us to find out. And so if we were to go down and I was to rip out some place in which people can start, we look at our sleep. We know we sleep in five state or um, we sleep in four stages um, from a light wave to a slow wave to a REM cycle to a wake cycle. And we go through those in about 90 minutes every single night. So we should actually plan out our night so that we get what they say on average is 35 full cycles a night. So we can actually now program, when do we go to bed? When do we wake up? And we do that consistently. The more consistent we are, ultimately, the better our circadian rhythm is going to be, the natural hormonal balances that's going to happen, HRV is going to be improved. That's just the way it goes. Now it's up to us to own whether we actually live up to these things that work for us or don't. And when we make a choice not to go to bed at 10 o'clock, because that's our time so that we get seven and a half hours of sleep, which is five full cycles, that means that we're waking up at um, uh, 5.30 in the morning. If that's, what, if that's what it takes for us, if that's what our time clock allots, and we can shift forward or backwards based upon what our routine is. Um, from a movement and exercise standpoint, we know that the more active we are, the more physically fit we are, the better we're going to be able to handle stress, the better we're going to be able to recover. If we're not doing that, if we're not exercising, if we're not owning our routine, and we typically say 30 minutes of intentional exercise a day, exercise is purposeful, movement, you're just a participant. So movement would be like me getting up from this chair every 90 minutes and walking around, walking the dog on the beach, coming back up and 
finishing, getting into a little bit more work or um, uh, taking a five minute break after a call and doing a little yoga flow series so I can get re-energized and come back up. Am I doing that throughout the day? Am I exercising purposely for 30 minutes minimum every single day as a part of my routine? I'm either owning it or I'm not. And if I'm not looking after that, I have not punched my ticket to sustainable wins because I'm not living in ownership. Hmm. Nutrition, same concept. Now we use DNA, we use epigenetics to uh, and biomarkers to get a little bit more uh, streamlined in this. But we take a look back, a simple three, two, one rule. Are we getting three meals a day? Are we eating two pieces of fruit a day? Are we having one big salad a day? If we're not doing those fundamental things, there's no way that anything more in depth is going to help us. And that's something that we have to own. It's something that we have to live up to. Hydrationally, half our body weight in ounces. If we're not getting that, we're dehydrated. Science says that. Uh, Self-care. Are we spending like an intentional moment just on something for us, something that gives us energy? Is it a 10-minute sauna a day? Is it a 10-minute walk a day? Is it um, reading a book we really enjoy? Is it just sitting five minutes by ourselves and just shutting off? Um, immune function. Are we using HRV to see when that HRV is decreasing that our immune function needs a little bit of help and we're on a supplementation routine for that? Are we doing any of that? If not, we're not leveling up to the level in which we need to and paying our dues every single day. Um, environment. Uh, who are we around? Are we taking a look at uh, is our house safe? Is our home safe? Is the people we interact with challenging us and making us grow every day? Are we around positive people? Are we around negative people? Um, are we listening? What kind of music are we listening to? What kind of podcasts are we listening to? What's our work environment like? Uh, are we working in the same room that we have to sleep in? Like these types of things. Uh, our mindset. Are, are we gra showing gratitude every single day? Are, what type of, uh, what ways are we talking to ourselves? Are we able to own ourselves? Are we able to look ourselves in the mirror and say what we need to say? Are we able to stand up and truly own what it is that's there? And those are just some of the examples of habits that we can garner and start to engage with on a day-to-day -day basis. And that, quite frankly, is why winning is so hard. It's why winning is so abnormal. Because what did we establish? That ownership is the prerequisite to winning. You have to live in ownership if you want to win consistently. But you have to do those things that I just spoke about every single day. You have to step up and own that every single day. And you have to live there every single day. And that level of consistency is ultimately what gets you paid at the end of the day, like I talked about before. Talent will get you noticed, consistent with Sue will get you paid, and that's what those wins become. So, so if you're uh, hitting six out of eight of those, or if you're doing some of them, but maybe not for 30 minutes, is it just kind of keeping a journal, keeping track of something like that and saying, hey, you know, I didn't get my full um, seven hours of sleep on Monday, Tuesday, let's bounce back, let's, let's try to do this, let's try to have that salad at lunch, and is that kind of how someone would gradually hit those? It's a great, it's a great question, Garrison, because again, it's, there's certain priorities that people are going to start to look into where some of those buckets that we talked about in those eight, you're not going to go and completely change your lifestyle for all eight all at once. You're mm -hmm. going to identify your priority stance. I need to focus. You know what? I haven't worked out in four years. 
I, it's the primary reason why I'm exhausted all the time. I'm 50 pounds overweight. Um, I've given every single ounce of my being to my business and I haven't focused on this at all. And I'm, I have zero energy to do anything. Great. So right now it's the, it's the exercise and nutrition bucket that's focused on for us. And so we're going to focus on these couple habits. Well, we get great at them over the course of two, three weeks, a month. We build into something that's sustainable. Now, if we can't even handle something two or three days in it, oh, it's too hard. You have to look at yourself. You have to ask yourself, do I really want to win? And that's where we tally it back to something that's value-driven. You don't just want to lose 50 pounds. That's a, it's, a, it's an arbitrary goal. Sure, you could get there, but then you might want to lose 51. You might want to lose 52. Like, What's the purpose? But then all of a sudden you ask this guy the same question. Why do you really want to lose 50 pounds? What are the two most things you value the most in your life? Service to people and my family. Awesome. So when you tell yourself that you can't actually get up to go do that workout in the morning, you're actually telling yourself that you value sleeping or watching this episode of Friends or watching the last little bit of the hockey game more than you value your family, more than you value serving other people. And when you tie it back to a value-driven solution, it becomes an immediate click to that's intrinsic motivation. That's intrinsic ownership that you're now living in ownership. And ownership, like I said, is the prerequisite to winning. And when you can own that, you're now able to step up and you're able to start dropping weight and you start to stay on a program and you're able to start getting these other aspects of your life in gear. And it's momentum shifts, right? Because now all of a sudden you've, you've tackled that barrier, that barrier of going to the gym or that barrier of eliminating toxic people from your life or that barrier of um, uh, getting into and owning some of the stuff that you had to in your mindset that's not right. Hmm. And these habits that you can do to get there, they're not easy. They're simple, but they're not easy. And as we can start to play your game and track it back to what it means for you, the wins start to come. And when we start to own all that stuff in the base bucket, what did I say it generates? It starts with a C. Confidence, yeah. Confidence. Yeah. And what happens when you have confidence? I, You know what? I, <laughs> this is a cool metaphor I use, but I feel like I'm leaning forward on my ice skates. Like, like, so, like when I, when you're leaning back on your skates, you're not in the game. I'm a forward. I'm grinding in the corners. That's the game I play. So sometimes in life when things are going well, I'm like, I'm really leaning forward on my skates. Like I've got confidence. Things are going well. I'm digging in. Like, And the only reason you feel confident is because you're getting these little wins. You know, deep down that you're doing the work necessary. You're doing the work necessary. It may not turn out the way you want to. You, the end result may not be there, but guess what? You're there as a better person. You've grown. You've improved. Yeah. And whatever you lost, whatever you fell maybe a little bit short on, doesn't matter because whether you won or whether you lost, you show up at the same place the very next morning and you have to do the same thing over and over and over again. Because if you don't, you haven't earned the right to win at the end of the day. Wow. And this is so. So you wrote a couple books on all this. I know you've got your your own it series, but like I'm I'm just I want to put some of this stuff in practice, and I want to like read up on it more. Um, where could where can people um 
kind of like die i mean you've got your youtube channel and stuff too as well but um where could someone like me just kind of dive into all this yeah so there's i i don't want to i i hate it when I come on podcasts and I just throw people in 90 different directions. Uh, yeah. um, if you go to master in six minutes.com. So it's master in the number six minutes.com. It actually gives a full breakdown of the controllables and how to use HRV to help garner a lot of these things. And when you take a look at it, um, it helps teach you what ownership's all about as well. And you'll get access to our newsletter that goes out two or three times a week. And, um, get access to our YouTube channel that's got a whole ton of content. Uh, our podcast that goes uh, every week, um, uh, True Ownership, is is all about um, being able to apply this very purposefully as well. And uh, we've got a book coming out in uh, 2022 that really maps this out really nicely. But even if you take a look at the book Own It that I wrote or Blueprint, um, either one of those two, uh, it really helps take some of these data-filled approaches and put them into context of how to use them in in uh, in your way. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely link those in the description of the podcast too for people. Um, so the yeah, um, I mentioned before how Can I Brands kind of brought us together for this one. Um, they told me you were one of the first strength and conditioning coaches to really get behind CBD. Uh, could you kind of get into why you were an early adopter in it and, you know, your your journey into CBD? Definitely. It was one of those things where, for, for me, I was seeing the – it comes back to ownership and your values. And I'm always challenging the status quo. There is always something better. There's always some better way to be doing things. And it was only after taking – my 10th guide to rehab for opiate addiction, substance abuse, different types of um, substances they were trying to use to get a certain result. And we weren't educating from a higher level of nutrition, uh, other forms of pain relief and it, 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 you just started to see this. And so I started to look into it in about at about 2014 and I just wanted to learn. And the more I learned, the more it was like, why are we not doing this? What is, what is going on? And uh, like anything, I, 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 make my decisions from a place of value. I make my decisions from what is it that I truly value? What is it that I truly feel that when I put my head on my pillow at night, I can know I did the right thing and uh, educating players on this, making it known um, that it's available and then leaving the choice up to them was something that I felt really, really inclined to. And um, what can I brands did specifically that I love was that they're third party tested that uh, they are THC free, that they're pure CBD, that they um, uh, they use all locally sourced product. That, uh, but it all comes down to the, the testing aspects and the cleanness of it and the quality of the product. And um, I think that was the the driving force of what continued to pull me over to them. Not to mention that um, the people that were operating 
there as well. We're just, we're good people. Yeah, definitely. We've had an awesome relationship with all of them. Um, the, the third party thing is interesting because I know um, just CBD as a whole has been really commercialized in the United States and Canada. And there's a lot of, not a lot of, I guess, regulation. Maybe that's not the right word, but there's a lot of um, CBD that just flat out doesn't work and is kind of um, just not, not legit. So um, not only that it's not legit, but there's um, there's just things in it that they, that, aren't said that they're in it or they're sourced from places that it's, it's not actually benefiting you. And so that was really important in anything that we use, whether it's supplements like protein powder or um, (laughs) your fruits and vegetables for that matter um, or CBD. Like I want to make sure what you're putting in your body is, is purposeful and wholesome. And that's, again, goes right back to the data is, is it actually helping us or is it not? And, when we started to look at some of the data from the HRV, from uh, the recovery rates and the side effects that were happening, it, it was uh, you, you can't argue the fact of what you see from HRV improvements and resiliency breakings to, to being able to use things that are, again, derived back to what the body actually needed. Yeah, I know um, I've been using the, the, the lotion a lot as well as the oral stuff, but do you have a, you know, any preference or you got guys taking all, all the different products? It depends. Again, it depends on each person. I love right. every tool for everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I love every tool, but I don't love every tool for everybody all the time. And mm-hmm. certain times that, uh, like you're changing time zones. If you're changing time zones, the oral sleep spray may be something great to try because uh, for one night it can help us get, it can help accelerate the melatonin utilization within the body. Um, and get us back on a proper sleep cycle and, and enhance that. Uh, is it something good all the time? Probably not that we want to get used to and accustomed to. Uh, the, uh, the, the cream for mend and uh, recovery from bumps, bruises, and, and games and muscle soreness from workouts and recoveries. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. It's something that we can use on top of other modalities as well, but it actually has an impact on how we recover and how we're able to show up the next day that is – again, non-invasive, non-substance oriented, and um, ultimately non-addictive and puts us in a really great natural um, uh, use that is benefiting us in the long run. Yeah. What, um, is it just, uh, I know, I guess in the past there's what, pharmaceutical medications and like other things that probably were not nearly as organic or beneficial. Um, I, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say that like taking Advil versus taking CBD for uh, Totally. So, I mean, your NSAIDs or any of your over-the-counter prescription drugs that create anti-inflammatory properties or uh, increased recovery or pain numbing or whatever it may be, um, why are we just wanting to numb everything or make us not aware of things rather than actually helping in the recovery process? And um, when we're able to derive back to that and really put a purposeful reason out there, it, it's it's a no-brainer as to why we wouldn't look into this for something um, at a greater level. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a game changer for me. I was on uh, multiple psychiatric medications for years, and when I finally went off of 
those a couple of years ago, I started CBD um, orally, just 20 milligrams a day. And it's, that's what I've been on ever since. And um, I've loved it. That's great. And I know, I mean, I think they're in 80% of NHL locker rooms and uh, another 50% of NFL locker rooms. And like, just really, it's what happens when you have a quality product doing quality things and, um, and quality people behind it. Yeah, definitely quality people. We've, uh, we've really enjoyed working with them. Um, anything, uh, anything else, Justin, for, for our listeners, actually, I do have, um, so my, my mother's a functional medicine health coach. So I'm, um, really into the nutrition and she's, she's done a lot, um, for me and kind of all, all of what I went through. Um, but just kind of teaching me how to eat better. Um, what, what kinds of foods would you recommend for like a pregame meal or for any um, athlete specific? I'm going to give you a terrible answer that you're not going to like, but right. <laughs> I got to hold true to, to, to what I know and what I preach is different for, for everybody. Um, um, it's we, we got to figure out what works for your body. We got to figure out what it is that makes you feel energized. Some guys like to feel 30% full. Some guys need a full meal. Some guys can't play when they're hungry. Some guys want to be starving. They don't want to eat past noon. Some guys want to pasta up and carb up because their metabolism is so high. Some guys want to have a steak at two in the afternoon. And it's, it's completely different to every single person. And it goes back to looking at run everything off data. You want to run everything off data. What is going to make your body of 30,000 processes that are happening every single second operate most efficiently in the time that you're going to be asked and required to perform. And you, and you're saying the most uh, key performance indicator of this is HRV. In terms of recovery. Yes. In terms of how prepared are we in order to, uh, and how has our body adapted to the stress and strain in which we've put it under. Wow. All right, it's coming. It's starting to click in my head now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on these eight principles. I love it. Um, and then uh, I guess lastly, and I, I bet you're gonna give me the same answer, but um, you touched on alcohol a little bit earlier. Um, just alcohol, weed, vaping is huge in younger athletes and people now. Um, is this are these things kind of detrimental to so are you kind of just kicking yourself in the foot by by doing these or this is this is the one thing that um i can answer with okay. a much greater efficiency uh, yeah. with that you like and because mm-hmm. it all comes back to data anytime you ingest alcohol you're guaranteed to have at least a 15 to 35 percent uh decrease in hrv simply because of its increase in heart rate, increase in resting heart rate, mm-hmm. increase in blood pressure, decrease in mental acuity, um, impact on uh, hydration levels, all of which, if we look at it, come back to your eight controllables. And it's impacting your, the way you're hydrating. It's impacting your muscle recovery. It's impacting the way in which you're able to show up effectively. So that is a very key metric that we can come back to and say, yes, foreign substances, alcohol, any f- drug usage, has a negative impact on our HRV and how we are recovering to those other stresses and strains. So things you really want to stay away from. And, uh, and again, comes back to ownership. 
whatever that goal is, whatever we're setting our mind to, if we can handle those eight controllables and truly say, hey, this is what I want. The qu- next question is how bad do you want it? Yeah. So, so narrow in on those kind of those values and where you want to be. And then every, every action, every decision you make, you kind of look at those, those goals, right? You got it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Justin, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. I'll, I'll flash a couple of your, it's uh, Justin Roth, R O E T H on Instagram. Uh, follow along and then just own it.com. Uh, for more on Justin and thank you. So thank you so much. I'm hooked. I'm going to, I'm going to go buy your books and, uh, and follow along. And, um, I just really appreciate the, the mental aspect, the physical aspect. Last, last quick one, just cause, um, I'm, I'm into, you know, talking about mental health, how much of it meant of your mental health is related to your physical health. Oh, they're directly correlated. I mean, when you, when you feel good and, you're in a good place. It all comes back to that C word. Yeah. Confidence. When you're doing the work necessary, no matter what anybody says to you, you can't do it. You're too small. You're not far enough along. You don't have the smarts. You're not intelligent enough. You don't have the resources. When you put the work in, when you truly own it, you truly own it. There is no denying you because you will have the confidence that it takes. And that's where ego becomes a positive thing because you've developed ego from a place of confidence and it's measurable. When you don't put the work in and your results are pretend or your results are created in your mind and you know that you really haven't been doing the work, that's where ego becomes a detriment because you lead from that state of doubt and fear in yourself. And when you know you've put in the work, you can take on anybody that you want in the world. Logan Paul getting in the ring with Floyd Mayweather. Right. Confidence. Absolute confidence because he knew he put in the work. It doesn't matter what gets thrown his way. It doesn't matter when he whether he won or lost. Right. The fact that he was in the ring, the fact that he showed up, the fact that he hung in there, yeah. the fact that he actually followed through – that guy's going to take over the world, man, yeah. because he now has the confidence. But I guarantee you the basis of his eight controllables are so dialed in because he lives in that ownership space. And it didn't start a month and a half ago when Floyd accepted this. It started 18 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, when he started to develop these habits and put them into a place where it built what we know and what we see in that eight round match last night, that 30 second spot on social media. Yeah. And that's what he said after he was like, he's like, this shows you, you can do anything. Like that was awesome. Well, that, that was great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Justin. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode of the morning skate. Uh, follow along with Justin and thank you again so much, man. This was a pleasure. You got it, my man.